It's the Horrorphoria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Andy Gilly and John Richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria Podcast. It is Friday, Woo! November 20th of 2020, episode number 85. We're talking about the uh, directed by Jeff Barnaby, Blood Quantum, which I found on Shudder from 2020, uh, broadcasting live from our I've Never Seen Anyone Do That with a Chainsaw Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. And a guy that's been on like 9,000 times on the show and uh, good friends of ours, uh, one of the hosts for the Straight Chillin' Podcast, Bob, how are you, buddy? What's up, fellas? Thanks so much for having me back on the show. I love chatting with you guys about horror flicks. And we absolutely love having you on. Now, I, I got to give you a congratulations real quick. Uh, where, where first can they find you? Straight Chillin' Podcast. Oh, yeah. Straight Chilling with a G podcast. Um, we're a weekly horror movie review podcast. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. You know, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, all that stuff. You can find us on our website, straightchillingpodcast.com. And if you just search Straight Chilling Podcast on any sort of social media platform, you're going to find us there. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're everywhere. Everywhere you find everything. Yeah, you bet. And I, I do want to give you guys a big congratulations. You've been doing this podcast for over six years now and you guys are coming up to episode 300 congratulations thank you so very much it's definitely not something i ever thought we were gonna uh, do but i'm happy to have done it and you know here's to six more years of podcasting yeah absolutely buddy <laughs> that is an amazing milestone congratulations rob and don't forget he's also got a sister podcast which is uh let's get physical media if you like uh, dvds blu-rays or 4ks him and his buddy mikey talk about that on a monthly basis so now that that is taken care of uh, uh Horror I guess movie. we'll do horror movie. Yeah, I, you know, I just I, you, uh, congratulations on that, Rob. That is a, a awesome milestone, and uh, we really do enjoy having you on the uh, podcast. It'd be a little odd if we didn't, because we keep having you back. So it would uh, be strange, it'd be confusing. <laughs> yeah. This guy sucks. Let's have him on again. <laughs> Let's have him on again. Uh, and I think we got a uh, halfway decent movie for you for once. Uh, but horror movie news in news specially tailored for Rob. A twenty four is restocking their midsummer director's cut collector edition on both Blu ray and four K ultra hd you hear about this rob i uh, did hear about it i haven't ordered it yet though so hopefully they haven't sold out i need to get on it it looks beautiful yeah it really does both these discs are available right now in their online shop the 171 minute edition of the movie will look as crisp on your bookshelf as it does in 4k hd according to a24 blu-ray disc comes enclosed in a cloth bound harga yellow slipcase accompanied by an illustrated 62 page booklet featuring original artworks from the film by ragnar person and a forward by martin scars martin scorsese oh nice wow, now, now cool. let me ask you is this is the director's cut isn't this like four hours long or something 171 minutes holy so I, I don't know do the math <laughs> no. crazy <laughs> A little under three hours, I guess, huh? Uh, have, yeah. you seen, have you seen that director's cut? I have not. Yeah. What about you, Rob? Have you seen the director's cut of this? 
No, not yet. I've only seen Mid- uh, Midsummer once in the theater, and it's just it's like such an undertaking. I want to get back to it. I'll, I probably will pick this up and end up watching the director's cut. So more to come. We'll yeah, see. It's, it's it's a great movie. It's uh, one of our favorites, obviously. I think it is it is absolutely one of your favorites, right, John? It's in top five, number yeah, three for definitely. me. Definitely. Uh, and I've heard that the director's cut of this, the 171 minute edition, just goes by fast. You don't notice that it's that long because it's uh, it it actually flows better than the original uh, movie, I guess. One of the most messed up movies I've ever seen, but I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. All right. uh, Barbara Crampton's Castle Freak remake has just received a new trailer. Seems like the remake has some Lovecraftian elements that the uh, uh, original uh, didn't exactly. I didn't exactly get that out of that, but the original was based on H.P. Lovecraft's story called The Outsider, I guess. Uh, Crampton, who starred in the first one, is producing this film, which uh, stars Claire Catherine as a woman who inherits the castle this time. I'm so excited about this. Rob, did you see the, the trailer to this i did yeah i this was a movie that i had never seen before until joe bob uh, did an episode on it on the last drive-in uh-huh. recently and i i'm a big fan of the original after i haven't seen it um and i'm excited for barbara crampton to do really anything mm-hmm. um so uh yeah i'm excited about this movie the trailer looks pretty spooky and um as i understand it's coming out december early december i forget the exact date, maybe, maybe on i think it is yeah yeah right, okay right. nice it'll yeah. be on what vod so yes i'm definitely gonna watch it <laughs> yeah i'm gonna check this one out too i mean the original i like the original it was kind of a staple for video of you know blockbuster and stuff back in the uh 90s uh when it came out and uh it, it was okay it was it was a memorable movie uh but this one actually looks like it's it's maybe better than the original according from looking at the trailer that it, that uh I, I just saw so yeah it does look creepier um i actually i was not familiar with this movie until a couple months ago you brought it up and said oh, yeah. you should check this out and I was actually thoroughly impressed, but this looks dark. Yeah, it does. And and I think, you know, some of the switch switch ups they've done, adding a little more of the Lovecraft stuff, that'll be kind of interesting. So for sure. All right. JoeBlow.com reports that Jamie Lee Curtis officiated the wedding of a terminally ill Halloween fan who died hours after the wedding. Anthony Woodall, a theater manager and huge fan of Halloween, was unfortunately diagnosed with stage four esophageal cancer. He wed his uh, fiance, Emily Stickle, after the owner of the theater inquired with David Gordon Green as to whether or not he might be able to see the new Halloween Kills movie. Uh, Green not only obliged, but Jamie Lee Curtis also mentioned in a personal call to Woodall that she officiates weddings and offered her services. That's pretty cool, both uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and David Gordon Green. Of course, uh, rest in peace to a fellow Halloween fan. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man, that's a bummer. Yeah, but very cool uh, that he got to experience that before uh, before his uh, uh, got taken there. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you like Happy Death Day to you? Rob? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of it. So third, Are we getting another one? A third film is in the works. The second film, a rather expensive Blumhouse entry at $9 million, still turned in a decent profit despite taking only half of the original uh uh, take of Happy Death Day. Uh, despite Jason Blum's recent unfavorable remarks about uh, PVOD uh, releases, director Christopher Landon seemed positive about the prospects for this film because of the uh, premium VOD format. Uh, at least they're not making remaking a Children of the Corn, which th- still bothers me. <laughs> no, they, they did, did do that. I, I don't know. Yeah. So that's about it for horror movie news today. All right. Well, you got the trivia question. Fire right. away. This movie's title, Blood Quantum, refers to what? I'm not very well educated, so I don't know. Do you know, Rob? I kind of know. I, I'm going to take a, an un, uneducated guess here. I think it has something to do with like the amount of 
uh, Native American blood that someone has in them. That's correct. Something like that. So okay, it's a cool. system that the federal government placed on tribes in an effort to limit their citizenship. Uh, the fraction of blood that is derived in an individual going back to the original enrollees of a tribe who were counted on census rolls. So when I uh, when you mentioned this to me, I thought this was a really cool title, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought it had something to do with quantum physics or something like that. I had no idea about that. The only <laughs> thing I knew quite the, different than than what I thought. The only thing I knew it was a it was a zombie movie. I didn't read. Yeah too much into it it was on shutter i love the poster of it yeah and that people were loving this movie yeah i i thought it was uh, some zombie movie dealing with quantum physics i had no idea uh <laughs> so, I, that's how much i know when you guys chose to talk about this the week before thanksgiving you didn't know what it was about i didn't know what it was about no no that's that's fantastic <laughs> timing man it's right. like as i was watching this i didn't really know much about it either but as the plot unfolded i was like this is like a perfect thanksgiving horror movie i, guess, I, guess I had no is, idea i didn't even think about that you know that's, we, that's true. totally totally coincidental <laughs> we absolutely awesome. did not plan this and I, I i really thought it had to do with quantum physics oh boy <laughs> which is how stupid i am now so just, just just take full credit and be like, yeah, we do. We know what we're doing. Two stupid white guys over here. (laughs) Exactly right. uh, All right. We don't know the struggle. (laughs) Andy's chainsaw plot. (laughs) Andy's chainsaw plot. Uh, um, I almost forgot about that. A zombie infestation on a Canadian Indian reservation infects nearly all living creatures except the native red crow who are left to fight the hordes of infected humans and protect the remaining survivors. Yes, that's exactly right. All right. Here's your spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about Blood Quantum from 2020. Find it on Shudder. We're going to be talking about this movie in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast. Go watch this movie. Come back to find out what we thought about it. Bob, what are your initial thoughts of Blood Quantum? My initial thoughts on Blood Quantum. Um, At this point in time, it kind of takes a lot to sort of make a zombie film stand out because we've seen so many. It's it's hard to um, fathom having a fresh take on one. I think blood quantum does a pretty good job at having a fresh take though. Mm-hmm. Um, it does, it serves up the kills and some decent gore. So if you're, if you're looking for that in your zombie movie, and I think we all are, it, you get a taste of that. Um, and you know, I think it, it's a pretty solid addition to the, uh, the library of movies that shutter has sitting on its digital shelf. So I'm fairly positive on it. So like what you just said, it could be like part of your Thanksgiving watch, just like blood rage, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of, you know, Thanksgiving themed horror movies. Blood Rage is for sure like a, a mandatory viewing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like Thanksgiving. And then beyond that, I don't really know of a whole lot. So right. add Blood Quantum to the list. There sure. you go. Andy, initial thoughts. So I was not excited to watch this movie when I found out about a post-apocalyptic zombie movie with a social message about race. Uh, yeah, awesome. Never seen that before, right? Um, I don't know. I think it was weighed down by that, and it was pretty much what I expect to see in a zombie movie with a message in some parts. Um, however, I didn't hate this movie. I watched the whole thing. Uh, I was very... Uh, I was not... I was also dismayed when it went to the post-apocalyptic six months later thing. I was like, oh, great. Here we are in the post-apocalyptic part because I, I was at least kind of interested to see where it was going as, as far as how things degraded there um, in the beginning. But um, I, I think it had some. It, it did actually, like uh, like Rob said, 
for what it is, it, it does do a, a few things differently. It does bring a very few new things into this genre. And it, if you really like this kind of movie, I, I think it's a good entry into it. Uh, I think it has some interesting things to think about from the indigenous people's perspective, which we very rarely get in movies, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Hollywood likes to do a lot of... Uh, they're, they're, Native Americans are usually portrayed as, like, you know, magical flawless people who uh you know are in tune with nature the hero goes to them and understands something in a ritual or magic you know you look at like Johnny Depp's uh, Tonto and Lone Ranger it's just you know the characters in this movie are not like that they're real people with real problems that you find in any community where you have poverty and these other problems that these people are facing on on this uh, reservation you know I really really liked that um even the main hero of the movie trailer, he, he's been a terrible father. He's gotten his girlfriend pregnant. It's not trying to shy away from the fact that these communities have serious issues with things like that. It doesn't venerate them from that. Uh, you know, his son, Joseph, doesn't say, well, he's a great dad now. You know, he, he still has mixed feelings about him because of the kind of dad he's been. And I, and I really liked the characters in the movie and how they were flawed and, you know, how they deal with real problems that these communities face. And they're not uh, not the typical typical, you know, um, depiction that we get in, in Hollywood movies, uh, uh, you know, that usually. So I, I like that. I did think it, it brought some new things to it and it was, it, it was a little bit different perspective on at least that. I really, really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed the fact that this, like for the subgenre of zombies, cause Andy, it's like any other horror subgenre. It has tropes, right? You know, whether you like the fast zombies or the slow zombies, you get sure. bitten, you get infected. That didn't bother me going to the six months later to see the post-apocalyptic yeah. look of this. I mean, it's set up like the character development in this was so good. I And we talked a little bit before it, it's the acting wasn't very good because, I mean, it's like these these aren't like your professional top tier actors, but they did such a good job. And, you know, the more I thought about it, I think the dialogue was good. I, I had first said I, I wasn't a fan of the dialogue, but it was good. But it's just, you know, the acting just there are problems with this movie. But I really I liked it. I like the subgenre of a, a zombie movie. Yes. Hell yes. It's been overdone. But this it, it, is it a happens. different spin. Yeah. It, well, there's a few new things that this brings to. And I think it is a, a worthy entry into the zombie genre. If you like the zombie genre, mm -hmm. Um you know, but but it is there's a lot of stuff that we've seen this before, I guess. Yeah. But you know? That's like every other horror movie. <laughs> I guess, yeah. True. OK. Uh, and, and so I don't, I don't know about the actors. I at first I didn't think they were doing a good job either. But I, on, on second thought, I think some of those shortcomings might have been in the direction of it, because I think a lot of it was uh, the delivery of the lines. And I, I think that's more of a directorial problem. Um I think a lot of the actors really did a good job and, and the dialogue I thought was great. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think some of the way it was delivered was a little hackneyed. There are some great lines in this, though. I, I really did like the dialogue, like when uh, when Trailer and uh, Lysol are talking and Trailer tells him that kid deserves better. And then Lysol says better than what? And he says better than either one of us. <laughs> I think that's a great line, yeah. you know. Um, so I, I don't know. I, um, and I, I really, I really, really like the character of Joseph. You know, he, he was great as far as, you know, having these two men that he kind of sees as role models, trailer and Lysol. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, following either of them is really not a great 
you know, it's not like he's choosing the dark side if he goes to Lysol and choosing the, you know, the good side if he goes to trailer. Trailer's been done some terrible things too, and he's he's actually not, you know, he's he's actually already following down the path of some of Trailer's mistakes where he's gotten his girlfriend pregnant, you know, at an early uh-huh. age, uh-huh. Um, and uh, so he's repeating some of the mistakes. So he really he doesn't have two good choices here as to the path to follow, you know? And, and I think he, um, I, I think he, it shows him kind of realizing that and overcoming it. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Rob? I think Lysol is sort of like, he, he's fine at first, but when he eventually turns, when we, we jump six months into the future and he becomes sort of the big bad of the movie. Yep. He feels kind of just like a caricature, like he not not really fleshed out. Like we don't see why he is like so evil and like so hellbent on just murdering everybody, um, whether they're infected or not. Like he just he's down to, to kill with reckless abandon. And it just feels a little disjointed. I think that six month jump into the future, um, it, it's it's a bit of a hump to get over as far as how this movie is, you know, how the timeline of this movie works and how the characters are supposed to develop. It feels weird to me. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a few lines that he delivers, too, that are a little bonkers. I think <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some fine acting in here, but I think Lysol is, for me, a little questionable. You know, I I totally agree with you. I think Lysol's character before the six month jump is uh, a realistic depiction, a very good depiction uh, of a character. I think he, his his character does degrade, and, and yeah, I don't get why he's become this suddenly murder everybody uh, kind of guy. Who um, I think he, some of the motivations of why he is the way he is before the six month jump are there because you know Joseph talks about it. He's 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 talking about it with his. Uh, with his girlfriend, I forget what her name was, um, Charlie, Charlie um, played by Olivia Scriven, I think her name is. Um, he's having a conversation with her, and he's he's saying, you know, I think it was because, you know, my dad had him when he was so young or whatever. He, you know, that's why he's acted out and, uh, you know, kind of become this way. But um, I, I, I do agree. I, I, th- I agree with that, Rob. That's a, that's a good observation that... After that six months jump, he becomes like a different character, and it it, it is just like kind of a, a black and white, all dark character that isn't doesn't have the nuance of uh, that he had before. I can understand. Yeah. I, I can understand what you guys are saying there, but like to me, it's it's like anybody that's got kind of a rebellious nature to him. Uh, you know, he was always rebellious. He, you know, it's not a light and dark side of the force or, or going to the dark side. Uh, you know, he was always a, a, a victim of circumstance of how he was raised. Uh, once this became an, an apocalypse, you know, he, he was like, I want to be so protective of this and just, you know, wear this cool looking mask and have my like little sword on a stick or whatever. Um but then, yeah, I don't understand why he turned all of a sudden. Maybe it was because he got his unit ripped off and eaten, like, later in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that did happen later, but he was already like that, wasn't he? Was, well, yeah, no, he was already jerk. pretty evil, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was like, but, I mean, to me, it was just like, like again, a victim of cir- circumstance. He wants to protect himself and, you know, not keep le- letting people in, you know, because there was that big argument when that guy brought his daughter there, and he's just like, no, we shouldn't let him in, and... You know, trailers like no, we got to let people in. We're going to vet them. Um, you know, which we see later in the movie. But well, and and maybe that has something to do with it because maybe because he was very against. Uh, you know, he, this this is another. 
I think in, the, the interesting thing that the, you know all these all these apocalyptic zombie movies make the point that awful people become worse in this kind of situation, you know. So that's nothing new, but I think that uh, it was interesting that it because uh, he didn't want this this girl and this guy coming into the. He was clearly against these people coming in well and especially the girl because he realized that she had been infected and right. they, they call them the people because uh they state in the movie that uh the natives are immune to this right. to the bites right and and they call mm-hmm. the you know anybody else townies yes right you, you know that they could be infected they will you know spread the infection or, or attack people and kill people i think that's yeah i think townies is probably a slang term for the people who live in a town off the reservation yeah uh and uh what what I think maybe he who he's killing are the people who don't agree with that, who wanted to bring these people in, who the people who are trying to protect the survivors. So maybe his motivation was, you know, he's angry that uh, they've allowed these people to come in and he's trying to get rid of anyone who has any sympathy towards uh, anyone who's not Red Crow, you know, so. I think maybe that's where where he's getting his murderous rage from is the fact that he he's he feels that uh, these people are too sympathetic to the townies. Oh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, that's just my thought. I just thought that up right now, actually. <laughs> so he did get together. his thing ripped off, though. That did happen, too. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. That happens in zombie movies, actually. <laughs> I, I've never seen... Wait, uh-huh. <sighs> now, is that a trope? Uh, what else yeah, has that happened in? Uh, no, biting a neck saw or that eating, in eating something movie. or ripping somebody apart. That's a trope. Yeah. You don't rip somebody's... Yeah. I guess that was off. a werewolf movie we just saw that in. That was uh, yeah, another uh, Canadian... Maybe it's just uh, Canadian movies. Apocalypse. That happens in that, yeah. That <laughs> 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 happened in Ginger Snaps, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's just Canadian movies that this happens that. In. Oh my god! Let's just start listing them all. Here we go. So yeah, first, no. Um, anyway, I, that that that's probably his motivation. That's probably why he's so angry uh, at everyone because he's he's not like there's other people who are with him. What's that other the, the bigger guy's name? Um, Shamu is that what they? Uh, Shamu was the uh, was the cop. Okay, uh, he was the cop. Uh, the the what, guy the bigger guy who. Uh, gets his head half chopped, which I thought was fantastic, uh, a fantastic idea to not slice all the way through that guy's head at the at the end in the cathedral. <laughs> yeah. Remember there in that cathedral and he, the uh, the trailer's dad has that sword and he goes in and, he, and he's he's going to like burn all those all those uh, townies. Yeah. Remember he's pouring gas on him. What's that? What's that guy's name? Oh, I, I'm I. I don't remember. Well, anyway, he's he's with that guy, and that guy has been saying the same thing. He he he's the guy who tells us that uh, that this plague is because uh, it's not because of God. It's because uh, you know um, the earth is these people have hurt the earth and stuff like that. And so he's he's kind of sympathetic with uh, Lysol. I think that we shouldn't be letting these people in and stuff. So I think that's that's Lysol's problem is that these people are too sympathetic and too nice to the survivors you know is that shook is that his name that is might that, be his name is that the guy with the uh with the wife or the wife that was pregnant oh my god Remember yes that scene? i think it was yeah no that's not the guy that was with the wife but yeah that was quite the scene oh my god <laughs> can we talk about like why um <laughs> why joseph ended up in jail yeah yeah well i think this is again you know uh, v- you know, very. It's him trying to, uh, I guess, in, in just in um, 
The other guy said something about this. Uh, Lysol says something about this, you know? Yeah. Oh, why he ended up, yeah, the actual why, why, action, act oh, of why, why he yeah. ended up. Why he went to jail. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> All right, well, they, go ahead, go ahead, Rob. I would say, yeah, they, I, I kind of liked this setup, too, because you, you get a, a feeling of the town and how a lot of the youth are just sort of aimless and maybe, uh, you know, drinking and partying too much. And they just don't really have anything to do in their day to day. So we sort of meet uh, a couple of the characters. Uh, Joseph, you know, he's he's getting drunk on the bridge and decides to climb up on top of the bridge and uh, uh, take a poop off of it and an old lady's driving through the bridge and it lands on her vehicle and she kind of freaks out over it and he gets arrested because that's super dangerous and, and a, it's just a crazy thing to do, right? Exactly. Right. Well, I think it was the mom, Josh, like, did she say something or he told her like she thought a ter- or he th- the lady thought a pterodactyl like pooped on her car. <laughs> right. yeah. That was a great line. And then he ends up falling off which was hilarious. I mean, that was just like the cherry on top for yeah. me because he falls off <laughs> right behind the car. So he did that so that he could go to, he did that on purpose, right? To go to well, jail, he, to see Lysol? Well, it's like Rob was saying, it's like there was, there's not really a whole lot going on. And you yeah. notice it more the six months later is like, you see all this graffiti. So that's what they're doing around this town just because they have nothing going on. Um, I, I kind of liked some of the, uh, some of the, uh, um, cartoons that they had going on the animation yeah i found that interesting what do you what, is it, what was the purpose of that you think just to kind of advance the it, it does it it kind of happens like a, there's three times it happens in the in the movie from when i remember yeah the, is it kind of just different acts that we go through did you guys notice that it was a pregnant woman and it almost looked like she was giving birth on top of like a mountain and it was going into the stream and that that you know maybe that's what infected the water so it was kind of like giving you Without info dumping, it's just kind of like it leaves it, you know, ambiguous to like, what was that? You know, is this why the street? Because that's how it starts off. You know, you get this big, long uh, ancient settler proverb, uh, which to me made really no sense. It almost seemed like a a, a biblical reference. But, you know, you saw this woman and it was like doing something and then it goes into the water, which I kind of love the cinematography at the beginning of the movie. Just like the spinning around and, and, you know, see this kind of beautiful landscape. Yeah, I was thinking maybe that that definitely was a pregnant woman in the first animation that we see. And maybe that's like Mother Nature giving birth to this new, um, you know, uh, virus or whatever you want to call it that infects the river and then starts, uh, you know, sort of cleansing the earth in a way of, of all these uh, the people that have taken advantage of of uh, the natives. You know, it's one way to read it, I guess. Other than that, they go by so quickly. Um, I'm not totally sure that they add a ton to the story overall, but they do look very well animated. It's kind of a nice um, spiritual look, like an earthy kind of tone to it. It looks kind of neat. Yeah, it does look kind of neat. I I did, you know, I did actually like those things. Those were kind of cool. Um, And I think they if you really look at them, they kind of foretell something about the story, you know, Uh, and I think it, it marks kind of the opening of another act. Because like that one is uh, showing Lysol becoming that guy with the mask and the who stabs. Uh, he's got that spear or whatever. You know, it, it shows him kind of becoming that. That makes a lot and, of sense. And that's kind of a change in his character, I guess maybe. Uh, so I don't. I don't know. I, I I think if you looked closely at those, it does kind of foretell things uh, about the story and the uh, you know the woman giving birth to the. To whatever it was that went into the water I think goes to what uh, what that guy says about it's not because of God it's because uh, this planet is sick of sick of us you know 
Yeah, just trying to rid us. Because yeah. that, that was a great scene. That was a really good opening scene of the dad, the the, the grandfather, fishing. You know, he's got these salmon and he mm-hmm. guts them. And all of a sudden they start flopping around. And I was just mm-hmm. like, whoa, something something's going to happen here. Right. You know, it was just a great way to start it off because it wasn't like right in your face. It was kind of that build of, you know, what a zombie movie is. You know, when he shows... Oh, we saw another dog die, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Twice, actually. Yeah, that's right. We seem to have a, yeah, it seems to be just every movie that we uh, we review lately has dog death in it. So, uh, well, the dog came back, though. I don't know, as a zombie dog. But <laughs> well, it did. But, but then it, <laughs> then it got burned. Then it the got fish, burned, the right. fish and the dog got burned. That's true. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I liked the... I really like the mood that was set in this, like in the beginning, um, I, the opening credits and stuff again, really had a pretty cool vibe to it. I like the music that they used there. Uh, it really kind of was ominous, gave kind of a, a dread, dreadful feel to what was about to happen. Um, here's, here's one thing I don't get, though, is why this was set in 1981. I don't know. You know, did you get the feeling that this was an 80s movie? Not at all. I, I did not pick up on that. Yeah. And the only thing that I that I really that really reminded me that it was in the 80s was the cop car. Yeah. <laughs> the kind of an old style cop car. Maybe that's the reason they did it. Like, that's the only car that they could get their hands on. That was like, exactly well, what I thought. That's 80s. hilarious because <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I thought, Rob. I'm like, well, maybe they could only get this old cop car. So they're like, well, let's set it in 1981 because it's set in 1981, I believe. Remember, it says yeah, that in the beginning. Right at the beginning, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it never really... In the apocalypse, like nothing works anyways, right? So cell phones go out the window regardless of the right. year. So why in the eighties? Yeah, I don't so know. I don't Cop get car. if this. Yeah, if this was maybe a novel that came out in the eighties, or if the original story was set in the eighties, or did, what? Did it take you out of the movie at all, though? I didn't even realize it was in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, me either. I, I, I yeah, guess like, I guess in the back of my mind I was like okay well and then thinking about it because it was a red Co- red crow Indian reservation 1981 so this is all like within a six month period so right. and again it didn't take me out of the movie no, it didn't take me out of the movie I just found it odd that it was set in 1981 and the only, the only thing that reminded me I was like wow they must just have uh, you know no budget for the cop for the police department in this in this town or whatever I'm like wait a minute no this is set in 1981 so that would be the cop car they would have yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really the only there was really no 80s fashions no big hair i i don't know i was i was puzzled by the choice to set it in 1981 i guess i'm always puzzled when you uh when you set a movie in the past like that because it just sets up anachronisms and things you know when you uh if you go into town you have to make sure every car is from the 80s you know you can't have uh, i don't know it, it was it was a, a little different for sure I love the gore in this. I mean, there were some really good scenes. Like that uh, chainsaw scene was fantastic. Did you not love that and just go, "Holy s, yes!" Yeah, because I rewound it and watched it again. I was like, "I did exactly what you want." I did out of a zombie movie. I did it three times. And the other part I watched that was really, and I didn't watch the the scene because there was he uh, trailer goes to Shook's house. Shook is a drug addict. Um, he goes upstairs because he says his wife's sick and, you know, she's getting ready to have a baby. And, and that was a jarring scene. Oh, yeah. Like like mm-hmm. her eating the baby. Yeah. I went, yeah that, was, that was pretty I, hardcore. I, I've never, like, maybe I've seen it in one or two movies, but, man, it was right up in your face. So, 
He gets bit. He comes running outside. Uh, you know, she attacks Shook, like bites him in the neck. And man, the way he kills her, takes the butt of his shotgun and just slams her head. And it sits on there for a second. And you're like, holy moly, this was, man, that whole scene to me was, uh, it, it was jarring. Yeah, absolutely it was. It was a pretty uh, hardcore scene. And I think if if zombie th- movies have one thing going for them, it's, it is that they are good delivery vehicles for gore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, zombies are zombies. They're dead people. We don't have to be nice to them or, you know, there, there's really no, uh, no uh, problem with blasting their head apart with a shotgun or whatever, you know. Uh, so, so I think it... Uh, the zombie genre should have some good gore, and if there's anything in a zombie movie, that's. Uh, I think know. the problem. I I don't know about you guys, but I think one of the problems that I had was I don't have a problem with CGI mixing with practical, mm-hmm. but I mean because some some of the practical effects look really really good, the CGI just like suffered. It just looked terrible. Like some of those scenes where it was just like you know shotgun blast and you know hey there's CGI blood. Yeah. And this came this came out what last year it did so it's not like the uh technology wasn't there no yeah, yeah low budget you know it's it's one of those things where cgi blood is i guess it's just so easy to do it's a it's a big time save so mm. a lot of people tend to do it if you're on a low budget film but it is kind of it just looks you can just tell you know it's very obviously not real but you do what you got to do i guess yeah, I, I always have a problem with CGI blood, and I think we've talked about this before. I just, uh, it never, it always takes me out of a movie. I can always, well, I, I guess I can always tell when I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> when I can tell that it's CGI b- blood, it's bad. I'm sure maybe there's some times that I've been like, uh, and just, then, then uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't, it's fine, but. Uh, kind of like that gem Veronica? Yeah. What, was there CGI blood in that? <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, you know, the source material of John. Oh, yeah. you, should, you should check it out. Anyway. Movie of the year. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, um, I think there were some great choices with the girl. Like I said, when uh, he went into that uh, um, church and cut that guy, the sword went halfway through his head, like a quarter through his head. Uh-huh. I thought that was an awesome choice not to, because he could have, you could have, uh, you would have expected it to like go all the way through, chop the top of his head off or something like that. Right. They, the guy's sword goes like a quarter of the way through the guy's head and then slides off. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great choice to make, uh, to, to have that, uh, have that sword only go that far through his head. It was, it made it worse and more violent and more gory. It felt like a little homage to Friday the 13th four. A little bit. A little yes, bit. Absolutely. <laughs> it reminded me, uh, some of the walking dead, you know, cause we get a lot of sword killing action in that show and comic book. Um, but other than that, you don't get a whole lot of like zombie kills by sword. You know, you get a lot of guns, you know, maybe an axe here and there. But I thought that was kind of kind of a, n- a nice touch. That was his his weapon of choice. And he definitely lays waste to a ton of zombies. Um, and that that's kind of a thing. Like whenever the younger kids break off and they go to their little party and, you know, they're drinking and smoking and causing a ruckus or whatever. Um, the three like, uh, elders band together and they go out to, and what they do to like sort of blow off steam is they just hunt zombies down and they just, and it seems like they enjoy it quite a bit. Actually. I thought that was kind of an interesting, um, um, thing to throw into this movie here because for the most part though, the older guys are like pretty peaceful and they're trying to help people as much as they can. Um, 
but you know everybody has to blow off some steam and of course if you're in a zombie apocalypse why not go out and do <laughs> do so by uh, laying waste to a bunch of zombies you know exactly right yeah i, I love the grandpa's uh, uh line for having a sword he's like you don't have to reload a sword <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> and then they had that grinder thing that wheat grinder thing that wasn't that snow wasn't that for snow i have no idea i think it was a snow they kept running into it and just that 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 was a nice little touch i enjoyed that that. was nice yeah i like that no it really did have some great gore and and uh you know i expect that in a zombie movie i want to see that in a zombie movie a zombie movie without gore is like um i don't know an adult movie without I don't know, never mind. Anyway. Thanks. <laughs> Get away from that. <laughs> and the dude doesn't even have a member. Without, without so a finish. You, without a finish to it. Yeah. So, um, anyway. Uh, he got it ripped off, man. Yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. It's all good. Zombie's got to eat, you know? <laughs> hey, I've I got a question. Can you really rip a person's uh, stomach open with your hands? Because th- th- at the end, uh, I think that happened to Trailer. Uh, the woman just comes and yeah. rips his stomach open with her hands. Could you do that? If you, I don't know, my finger, I cut my fingernails too much. If you have like long fingernails, can you actually rip someone's stomach open? I don't know. Never <laughs> I tried. I think that would be hard. I would think yes, you need like Andy, a weapon yes, to do you it. Can. can you? All right. I don't know. This is just a question I have. <laughs> I don't know. Romero definitely did it. So, yeah, you know, right. I trusted Romero. If Romero says yes, then it's a yes. <laughs> That's right. Okay. All right. It's, it's I'll, a hell I'll buy yes. that one then. Hell yes from the, from the class. Um, I, I did another kind of effective uh, zombie turn was the dad. Like after, because he got it, his daughter got her head chopped off when she turned. Um, by trailer, like by the, the axe thing. And uh, the dad goes into the bathroom and cuts his wrists. So he dies and automatically becomes a zombie. But I thought it was interesting because you kind of saw how Joss was was vetting all these people that are coming in. And she asked a really interesting question like, have you eaten fish? Mm-hmm. Have you eaten dog? Right. Have you eaten another person? Right. You know, and this this girl's like, no, no, no. And the last question, have you been bit? She goes into the bathroom. She got bit. And then we find out, you know, that that's when we found, found out the natives are immune to these bites. So they're not they're not going to turn. I mean, it's going to hurt, obviously, and they're going to be injured. I mean, because you saw and they, and they can get ripped apart, too. I mean, yeah. they can't just they're not like immune to the zombies completely because the zombies can kill them by ripping them apart. Right. Well, I thought it was heartbreaking that that dad just goes into the bathroom. That's the first thing he wanted to do because he's thinking about his daughter. You know, he has no other reason to live and he ends up turning into a zombie. Trailer kills him. You know, you see trailer's back. He's got bites all over his back, you know, and Joss is, you know, taking care of him or whatever. Um, I thought that was an effective scene. There were some really heartbreaking scenes. There was there were some funny scenes, which I thought some of the humor landed. But there was, I mean, this movie is a bummer. <laughs> it actually is, yeah. Uh, and yeah, then the, it, it, the, go ahead. I was going to say it kind of, sort of has a happy ending. It's not as dark as it could have been. You know, I was thinking like uh, Dawn of the Dead remake where, you know, they have the, the birthing scene. I thought that was kind of where this movie was going towards the yeah. end, Uh-oh. but it, it ended up being um, uh, a pleasant, well, as pleasant as can be birth, you know, that the child comes out totally healthy, which yeah. was, you know, a question mark for sure. Right. And, and I think that, I think that oh, it is, it's like a, it's cause you, we were talking about how 
dark the ending was, but I think I think Rob, you're right. I mean, it is a triumphant ending because Joseph is kind of overcoming all of this, all of the issues that uh, these two men have, where these these other two men's lives have gone. I think what it's saying is that you know he he's going to be a father to this child, you know, and he's obviously going to be a good father to the child. And he cares about it, where his dad wasn't there for him or or Lysol really. But that's his character arc because yeah. at the beginning of the movie, like they're in a hospital or they're, they're in a clinic. Um, right. They're in an abortion. It, clinic. Yeah. Right? She's getting ready to have an abortion. And right. he, he looks her in the eye and says, do you want to do this? She said, no, right. I, I don't want to do this. You know, right. obviously in six months later, you know, baby's born. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think it ended positively because this baby could have been infected. Could have been example. infected. And, and, you know, it's, it's clear that Joseph has... In, in the post-apocalyptic world overcome you know overcome where he's come from I guess and, and he's going to be a good father and he's going to you know in some way this child is actually going to have a better life than he had but, you know maybe because <laughs> he's going to yeah, yeah he's going to have this dad who cares about him but and it was also heartbreaking because Joseph is laying on on Charlie, right. you know, at the end of the movie, and then it goes to black, and then it's just like, wow. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of a mixed bag for me, but it, it I mean, overall, and the trailer's death. Whew. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's he, he sacrifices himself to get all the rest of the people out of there, or the people that he loves out of there. No, and his dad did the same thing basically with when with he the sword, makes the last yeah. stand on the on the rock there. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Lysol's death was satisfying, though. Like, he, he's a very unlikable character. And, uh, you know, uh, Joseph kind of gets to stab him nice and slow, looking him right in the eye, and then, you know, gets out of the way, and then the zombies just have at him and rip him to shreds. I thought that was a, kind of a nice touch where it's it's very personal but then also tons of zombie gore you know yeah exactly exactly because somebody shoots a gun to get their attention and he dies just like trailer dies yeah gets ripped yeah. apart gets ripped uh, destroyed alive i did i really did like that scene too you know joseph holding his hand after he had stabbed him like that yeah i mean and he, he kind of tells him that he that he did love him or whatever it was that was a, that was a powerful scene too yeah, because Lysol, yeah, Lysol let that that zombie out of the out of the uh, trunk, right? And that's when Charlie got bit. Yeah, she got infected. I right. mean, she got shot in the head at the end of the movie, and you're just like, oh man. So Joseph knows he needs to end this guy. That that uh, you know, Lysol can't continue to to be allowed to do this. He ends it, even though you know, he, obviously, he's got some feelings about this man. So it's his older brother. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I thought that was a powerful scene and 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 very well done as as well. Yeah, when that whole thing first started, like when when um, Lysol got bit and chewed up, um, he he like almost had like control of the zombie that the woman that had turned and is like go get him, like sends sends her after the rest of the all, the survivors. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does that and she starts attacking everybody. And then by the time when the group gets back from getting gas or whatever, you know, most of the, most of the uh, people are now infected. So they're trying to get all the rest of their survivors. Right. Uh, are we missing anything? I think that's, uh, that, that's all I have to say about, uh, blood quantum. No, 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 Bob, what, what are you feeling? Any, anything we missed there? I mean, as far as gore or any plot points, uh, no, not really. I think um, uh, the only thing that sort of dawned on me as I was watching this towards the end um, was, was like the whole 
uh, social commentary of it, I guess. We're like, you know, it, it's replacing the uh, smallpox infected blankets, you know, with basically just outright infected uh, white people, uh, you know, storming into um, th- this reservation and sort of uh, running the Native Americans off again and, and having them fight for their lives. Um, uh, that all sort of like uh, comes to a, a decent conclusion in the end of the movie, I think. I just kind of wanted to, to mention that one more time. Yeah. Um, that sort sort of sets the movie apart for myself. Sure, that's absolutely something to think about in this movie. There is definitely a, um, you know, a, a lot to think about there as far as the history of 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 all of that so and the, and the movie i think makes a good commentary on you know and doesn't slap you in the face it just no. shows you it's like okay you know these things do happen mm-hmm. it's very subtle oh yeah for sure all righty well uh i think we've got everything covered so we'll start with our guest bob um what are you going to rate blood quantum is it good is it bad is it a classic I'm going to go with a good. Um, it, I think it's far from uh, a classic. Uh, I think it sort of pays homage to the uh, classic zombie movies. You know, it's definitely taken a page out of early Romero stuff, Night of the Living Dead, of course. Um, but um, it's definitely not a classic in and of itself. It, it's not reinventing the wheel necessarily, but it's cool to see a zombie movie with sort of a different um, perspective. Uh, you know, see, seeing a zombie movie through a different lens than than I have before. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call it good. Score. Um, I think I'm gonna give it a three point five. Very nice. You ready for your score, Andy? Yeah. Good, bad, classic, and score. So Blood Quantum is a good movie. Um, I think it's got some really good editing and direction in it. It sets a really good tone. I especially like the the first part of the movie mm-hmm. before the when post-apocalyptic uh i thought it was really kind of going somewhere there i really loved the uh you know kind of a, a different depiction of of uh indigenous communities uh, than, than we usually see in you know especially hollywood movies uh, and that's still something that goes on today uh there's some real not problematic tropes that you have uh, in, in a lot of even movies that have come out in the last couple of years um I think that if this had come out 15 years ago, though, it would have been a very groundbreaking movie. Uh, there's nothing really here that hasn't been done before, aside from some of that stuff dealing with the indigenous community. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's probably more creative ways to get the message out that they're trying to bring across here, I think, uh, than a zombie movie with a social message. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's trope unto itself. <laughs> okay. uh, so, uh, I mean... It uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not a perfect movie. I don't think it's a great movie. Even um, it's watchable. It's and it's good if you're in the mood for a zombie movie. Then this is and you and you're looking for you know your typical zombie movie. The social message. This is this is a pretty good good one to watch. I'll give it two and a half star. Okay. Uh, this movie fit perfect with this time of year. I mean, again, we talked a little bit about being in 1981. None of us felt it. It's like, well, the car's outdated and, you know, there's some older stuff here. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. I, I do like the social commentary. I, I don't know any other way that they could have made this more unique and a different lens of, of a zombie movie. I don't know how they could have made it any different. It was so different for me. I got so much enjoyment out of this. I mean, they, like I said, the, the you know the humor landed for me. Um, I did like the storylines. Yeah, some of the character development was, eh, you know. But I did like like our main character, our main protagonist, Joseph. 
You know, he had the biggest character arc in this whole movie. You know, he did, yeah, like, like you had brought up so many times, you know, it's this, it's, do I go this way or do I go that way? And when all realism that like both his brother and his dad are on this side, even though his dad puts on this face that he's a good guy and he is a good guy. But Joseph takes the road less traveled and becomes his own man, which was fantastic to me. You know, I thought I thought there were some heartbreaking things in here. Go ahead, Andy. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry to interrupt your uh, your what you're saying here. But that is absolutely the best part of this movie. The story arc of Joseph. Yeah. The the way he he doesn't take either of those two paths. He he becomes his own man great great part of the movie I but think. that's the character you can latch on to yeah. and that's what's enjoyable even though he doesn't have all the screen time right trailer does yeah and joss does and lysol does but he is like like your central character and i love that um i think this movie's really good i want to watch it again see if there's anything i missed uh i'm with rob but this is a three and a half for me okay Excellent. All right, uh, Rob from Straight Chillin' Podcast. What do you guys got coming up uh, this coming week for your podcast? Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about um, a movie called Perfect Blue. It's from 1996, I believe, and it's apparently a very influential anime. Um, it's it's sort of like a psychological horror anime, uh, which is something that's very outside of my wheelhouse. Um, but I'm excited to, to get into something different. You know, have you guys seen that movie? Are you familiar with Perfect Blue? I've never even no. heard of it. Yeah, I check it out. It, it's uh, it's it reminds me a little bit of um, Black Swan, uh, but it's oh. an animated version. Huh? Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. And where can they find you if they want to check out the podcast? Um, we are called Straight Chilling Podcast. Uh, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, we drop a new show every week. Uh, it's usually uh, uh, on Mondays, Monday night. Um, if you just search Straight Chilling Podcast on any social media platform or anywhere you get your podcasts, you will definitely find us. And you can also check out our website, straightchillingpodcast.com. And we, I totally agree with that. Hey, we got, uh, we're going to wrap up the month with a Shutter exclusive host, 56 minutes long. Looking forward to that. And uh, we jump right back into having our guests from Straight Chillin' Podcast. Uh, we're going to kick off Santa Slay Month with Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, Garbage Day. And uh, special guest Soju is going to be joining us. Hey, uh, Rob, thank you so much for coming on today. We always appreciate you have uh, you coming on and taking some time out and talking with us. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure, and I look forward to chatting with you soon. Everybody have a great weekend. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next week.